Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the House Builders podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Close Brothers Property Finance and Showhouse magazine to bring an insight into a wide range of topics related to the house building industry. My name's Isla McFarlane, I'm the online editor of Showhouse, and today I'm talking to you instead of Rupert because this episode is all about women in property. So we're going to be highlighting how gender inequality affects the housing sector, talking to senior women leaders at the coalface who are trying to bring about change for the better, and looking at how we can really improve things on a national scale. To do this, we've brought together some amazing women in the industry. We have Joe Parr, director of Close Brothers Bridging Finance. We have Rutu Budev, owner of Amara Property. And we have Sophie Smith of Spitfire Homes. And Kath Moore, who's joining us remotely, and she's the managing director of Women Into Construction. So... To start with, I would absolutely love to know what drew you all to property. So, Rutu, you actually founded Amara Property. Well, I think I always had an interest in property. Early part of 2011, I founded Amara Property, and mostly because I noticed that in the areas that where I live in, which is northwest London, there was a bit of a gap in the market, and the gap really was kind of providing a higher quality home and trying to do so um, in a cost-efficient way. So, Sophie, what drew you to the property industry? So I grew up with my dad working in an owning an estate agent. So I always knew that I was interested in property through his experience. I actually did a geography degree at university and then went into a graduate program at House Builder as my first job, which was actually a rotational role. So I spent time in each of the departments in the house building industry. And I enjoyed all of them, actually. And it gave me a really good overview of the house building industry and how everybody works together. I actually chose and most enjoyed working in land. So hence where I am today and, and working for Spitfire Homes. And what's your experience been like as a woman in the industry? Have you felt a bit lonely? There is quite a few females working in land and also planning, but across the industry as a whole, I do recognise that the women are less represented. And Kath, you entered into the construction industry as a trainee carpenter. Less than... of carpenters are women. What's your experience been like and what made you go into carpentry? I absolutely loved the practical side of construction. I didn't want to work in an office. I wanted to be actually out there building. After I trained, I was quite shocked to find myself as the only woman on site, you know, and also very young. You know, there were a few challenges with that, but actually, on the whole, the guys were great and really encouraging and supportive. Could you tell us a bit about why you started Women Into Construction, which uh, you began in 2010? So I worked on site for several years and then I had a baby and found that site work was actually not really conducive to um, having a small child. So I went into teaching carpentry, partly because the hours were better and just more predictable and I found that in my classes I would have one or two girls and a class full of guys and the the women would always do really well. Some of the men would have have just kind of fallen into it whereas the women would always have chosen it and were very keen to do their absolute best. However at the end of the course it would always be the men who'd get the jobs and I just thought oh this seems a bit unfair. And then an opportunity came up on the Olympic build to set up a project to work with local women to support them into work on the Olympic site. And I thought, oh, yes, actually, 
that we need to recognise that there is a problem for women transferring from training into work. You know, we need a programme to, to support this and to help women uh, to move forward. So I joined the Olympic Delivery Authority on that. So it was originally, it was a two-year programme and we did really well. We changed the culture on site. That was the main thing, really. So that it was much more acceptable to see women at all levels. We more than doubled the numbers of women working on site. And it was just great to see women in their high visits, in the canteens, just there with the guys, just being very normal. And has it been a positive experience for women working on site? Because I think there's certainly a prejudice in people's minds of women on construction sites. On the whole, yes. And actually, this is in any area of work. It's not just construction. But you'll always get someone who thinks, oh, you don't have a place here. You shouldn't be here as a woman. But uh, our women have reported being supported by the guys on the whole. And they've reported, especially in site work, that same kind of satisfaction that I can recognise from um, when I first started working in the industry. Rutu, as the owner of a house building business, how do people react to you in that role? So I think I was hit, you know, on two fronts, one with age and then the second being a woman. And I found that when I started, probably wasn't taken as seriously as I would have hoped. But on the flip side, I think because I was younger, everybody wanted to teach me something. I've definitely have found less women, especially on site, as already mentioned, but also on more of the technical aspects. So if you look at like the engineers or, or even um, some of the managerial roles, there's definitely more women on the softer skills. I do think that what we can do really as the industry is kind of focus more on inspiring younger women and changing the image that the construction industry has at the moment. Sophie, would you agree that women are more drawn towards the planning and land side of house building? I think it's probably down to opportunities and also female role models. If people are seeing that there are female leads in those roles already, they would probably feel more comfortable in applying for them. Whereas if there's roles that are predominantly male dominated, then they, they may feel less likely to potentially get the job. And there are some rather sad statistics that women are less successful at obtaining funding than men. Joe, what's your experience been? Um, I would say that we don't tend to see that females struggle to get the funding at all. You know, there's no bias at all on that side. The difficulty for us is that we just don't see the females coming forward for the funding. Awareness does bring change. That's what's so important at the moment is to bring this awareness. Kath, what do you think can be done to attract more women into those junior roles starting on site? So we at Women's Construction have developed specific programmes to encourage and support young women and, well, actually women of any age. We then have a group of opportunities, um, entry-level opportunities, and these might be site opportunities, they might be site management and any type of opportunity that there might be on a construction site and with a guarantee of a two-week work placement on site. So... Now, when we run these programmes, we find that we have no problem recruiting women. I do think as well that the role of role models is really important. Women to be able to see other women working in the industry. So it's really important that there is visibility of that and, and encouragement there. Sophie, did you feel you had role models in progressing through your career? 
Yeah, definitely. I think, as I mentioned earlier, there are more females in the land and planning industry, and I definitely think that has helped. And equally through my role in women in property, just seeing other females, not necessarily in my direct line of work, but seeing that, that people are progressing up to board level and to directorships. And hopefully that will continue and, and give people that support moving forwards as well. Ruti, was there anybody in the industry that you really looked up to? No, because I didn't know any women developers, to be honest. So I, I did look up to quite a few male role models who were very welcoming. But interestingly, throughout you know the time that I've run a construction site, I've only ever had one woman that I've seen on site. And I think when I saw her, I had to go up and speak to her and say, oh my God, wow. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so fantastic to see you. Rutu, we've seen a spectacular shake-up over the last couple of years. Have you seen any sort of shift in applicants for people applying to the house building sector? We are seeing that this trend is increasing um, generally in the market. But I think more importantly, it's that businesses are noticing now that having a more diverse team directly impacts their bottom line. And obviously most decisions are made with this in mind. So diversity, which I would say the number one diversity really is increasing more women, is, is getting a lot of attention now. And it's the attention that's going to bring awareness and attract, I think, younger talent. And Kath, if I could bring you back in, it would be great to know if there's been any sort of change in the number of female applicants over the last couple of years. Well, we have had, you know, a steady influx of women looking for opportunities within the industry. I have to say that during the pandemic, more women seemed to be laid off. But I do think that, you know, if we want to get more women into the industry and we want them to stay, the industry needs to be open to it and to think about things like flexible working. Investigations within companies have shown that it's very popular with men too and allows men to then participate in childcare and home life more. So the culture within our industry needs to be more accepting of women to prevent the leaky pipe syndrome where women join the industry but then leave because they don't feel included in the culture or supported to stay. I think we need to look at the culture of our industry a bit more if we want to increase diversity. Ruto, have, have you found any recruitment processes that particularly attract women? Definitely. I think flexi working is one of the key. Um, we have quite a few women on our team. I'm personally quite a big believer of um, flexi working because I do it myself. And I do find that it, if anything, it increases productivity because women are happier in their job roles and they're more comfortable in their family roles and therefore they, they're able to give, give a higher output of work. And so I think flexi working is a really interesting one and COVID, as you mentioned, has put a highlight on, on, on flexible working and just kind of shown us that it, you know, it, it, is, it does work. And I think that's been really, really, really good for the industry. Kath, you work in a sector that's quite shockingly underrepresented as uh, far as women are concerned. Do you think that they can play a large part in addressing the skills crisis? Yes, I absolutely do. My experience of women working on site is that they really enjoy it when they get there, but they do need some support. And that could be just having one or two other women there and also guys giving them support. I do think we have to make a big change to our industry in terms of, I suppose, attitudes on site. So-called banter on site can be a little bit edgy. There are some companies that we work with who have decided to do diversity training for their staff with the idea 
of getting everyone to actually address unconscious bias, recognise it when it's happening, and look at treating everyone with respect. And that is everyone, that doesn't just apply to women. We have probably all, myself included, encountered casual sexism in, in the workplace. Ruti, what do you think are the best ways of seeing a real step change in terms of that culture? I do think that awareness is probably key and educating and talking and making the other people in the team really um, appreciate respect and appreciate that everybody does have a different background and that way diversity is not really just pinpointed on women, it, it, it is the team as a whole. So Ritu actually made a really interesting point earlier that diversity isn't just about being inclusive, it's actually about being more profitable. There are countless studies that echo this. A report from McKinsey & Co highlighted that the most gender diverse companies are 25% more likely to achieve above average profitability. Sophie, in businesses you've worked in, and do you generally find this is reflective of your experience? Yeah, I think so. I think certainly having a diverse workforce, whether that be gender, ethnicity, age, surely is going to be more conducive to a profitable business because of the experience and background of those people. And Kath, for the house builders that you've worked with, do you think this is something that they're aware of? And do you think it's motivation to recruit more women? I think they are becoming more aware of it. And Yes, it is a motivation to recruit more women. You know, there, there are several motivations. A company that is more diverse is also seen as a forward-thinking company. And if they are increasing profitability, if that's helping a business's bottom line, it, it's really not fair that they don't get a share of that. Interestingly, recent statistics gathered by Ludlow Thompson show that women's income is increasing almost twice as fast as men's, 27% in comparison to 15% in the last five years. Ruti, would you say this is reflective of real world experience? This survey is actually more about buy-to-let investors that are women. And yes, there are actually quite a large amount of women investors. And this has been increasing up year on year. But if we really look at income, we have to then address the gender pay gap and in the UK, we have on average an 18% gender pay gap. But when we look at the construction industry, um, men get paid on average 45% more. So if companies are seriously thinking about diversity and also thinking about their bottom line, they then have to then commit to provide more competitive packages to the women that they recruit, because this is the only way they're going to be able to recruit a high caliber of women who are therefore going to be more productive. And there are some statistics that say women are less likely to ask for pay rises. And when they do, it's for less money and they're less likely to get it. I mean, Ruti, would you agree with that? Yes, most definitely. I think it's just quite the awkward and confrontational topic to bring up. And a lot of the time, I think women prefer not to do that just because of the discomfort that that arises. But I totally agree, you know, it's it's probably something that we all should be talking about. And it's important because one, it helps us understand where it is that we stand um, in our industry. It is amazing that companies like LinkedIn do offer, you know, these statistics on standard kind of income. And it's a really good starting point, I think. And uh, it's really just information and awareness that's going to change that. Sophie, what do you think in house builders employers can do to try to help close the gender pay gap? I think a lot of it is to do with opportunity. We talked earlier about female role models and encouraging people to, to enter the industry. 
I think providing people with the opportunity and making people feel particularly welcome in terms of applying for jobs. I think that has a lot to do with the, the senior management team in a company as well. At Spitfire specifically, we have quite a young board of directors. And I think in doing so, we've also got female directors at the company. And I think having that makes it feel a little bit more approachable in terms of applying for a job. Sophie, what do you think about companies that would set a quota or a target number of women that they'd like to see in senior positions? Would it motivate you in a company? No, not necessarily. If I went for a promotion or, or a job and I found that I, or I understood afterwards that I actually got the job because they needed to fill a quota of having a female in the team, I would feel quite upset that actually I wasn't chosen because I was the best candidate. So, yeah, I, I don't think that is particularly helpful. I'm a strong believer that there's always the right person for the job and the best candidate should get that. Just in terms of quotas and targets. So we work with several companies who have set themselves targets, I suppose, rather than a quota. So, for instance, we're working, this isn't home building, but working with Tideway. At the very beginning, they said they wanted 50% women on the build to represent basically society and this was a hugely ambitious target which they knew they weren't going to achieve but by simply having it there it meant that it was a statement saying we support gender diversity and we want to you know do what we can to increase it within our company they have actually done really well within it and we're working with several companies for instance saying that they want 30 percent women by uh, 2030 that kind of thing now, the construction industry loves a target. Everything is very target-driven. To have a target like that is more of an aspiration. And that would then encourage people within the company to not just randomly put in a few women just to make up the target, but to look at how they can then encourage women within the company to become that best candidate. What, what is it that they need in order to you know, be that person? So to provide training you know, and to look at creating a pipeline of women coming in who can then rise to those levels. So do you feel it encourages more female applicants? Yes, absolutely. You know, we have members of Women Into Construction on our website and uh, we have a page which goes straight to their jobs pages and a statement at the top saying, you know, these are all members of Women Into Construction. They specifically support and want to encourage women into the industry. And we, we get so many hits on that page, it, absolutely. So we've talked about um, a step change in culture, which is more friendly towards women, and that's mostly been about women in junior positions. Joan, what's your experience about boardrooms? Are they conducive to female input? Yeah, I think um, any boardroom, whether, you know, age, gender, ethnicity is so important, and um, you need that mix to get an even view of the business, of, you know, your decisions. But I do think when it comes back to it, you know, your culture is massively what brings people to the table. Ruta, in your experience during your uh, time in the industry, have you noticed any increase in females applying for senior roles? Well, I think the industry that I'm more in is probably the SME um, house builders. And I think the SME house builders are probably lagging behind compared to the larger public companies. Multiple reasons. I guess they're one, they are probably smaller teams, they're pushed less people, and they're mainly privately owned as well. So sometimes there's a little bit less scrutiny with that regard. So 
I do definitely feel that the larger house builders are kind of leading the way when it comes to female recruitment. And it's, if anything, living by example. Kath, do you think there's any other steps that companies could take to encourage women into senior positions? I suppose uh, we, we work mainly with women at entry level and also women trying to progress within the industry. And, you know, earlier mentoring was mentioned, and I think that's really important, as well as women having a chance to just talk to each other about their experiences. We have run focus groups of women, both who are employed and who are going into work, and the best information that we get from them is that they really enjoy meeting each other and talking about the challenges and, you know, how different people resolve them, and that helps them individually as well. Do you feel that women come into construction with the same ambition as men, with the same belief that they can reach the top? I'm not sure that they do, again, because of the confidence thing. But some women certainly do. And a lot of women come in feeling that they can build a really good career there and that they can progress. I mean, Ruti, when you started out, was it always your ambition to start your own property company? Yeah, I think I always wanted to start my own business. And I think being my own boss, having flexibility of working was probably the main reason why I wanted to run my own business. And I think that's probably why we can attract more women if we are offering again flexibility for them and really finding a medium whereby, you know, the business is working with them on their schedule, but then also they're working with the business. And it is a, it is a team play at the end of the day. I did find that, you know, that empowered me, I think, to, to, to be my own boss. And I do find that a lot of women like that because it helps them balance, you know, the other priorities in their lives. So I think that brings us nicely full circle. So that is the end of our Women in Property episode. And thanks so much for joining us, everyone. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have too. So a huge thank you to Joe, Rutu, Sophie and Kath. And of course, to Close Brothers Property Finance for hosting us today and for you all for listening. Thank you.